Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Warriors This Week. Shot clock down to 10. Cool dribble drive to Thompson in the corner. He'll launch with five and for three and say goodnight. Now, here's John Dickinson. It is Warriors This Week, and when everybody across the country in a football frenzy, uh, we're going to talk a little hoops with you here as we do each and every Saturday morning on 95.7 The Game. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, and uh, I am coming to you from Philadelphia because, Whitey, well, there's a big game in a different sport sure. that we talk about a lot here on 95.7 The Game going on in Philadelphia tomorrow. Bonte and Chasky, we ended up on the same flight, the, the red eye from San Francisco to Philadelphia. Wow. Brief stop in Minnesota overnight. I know the guys are, are ready to roll uh, and ready for everything that is to come in, in Philadelphia. So just to kind of set the scene for everything before we get into Warriors basketball, uh, we should just bring everybody up to speed that that the entire station, I think the entire Bay Area, and I think uh, much of the country is excited for championship week in the NFL. So, Red Eye, that must have been a crazy flight last night. And the question I think everybody has now is, how many cheesesteaks have you consumed to this point? Uh, it's a zero, che- wow. zero cheesecakes to the ge- cheesesteaks to this point, Whitey. Only because, I mean, we've been here about two and a half hours. Okay. <laughs> now, plenty of time, and it is after 1 p.m. here. Uh, but, but yeah, a little bit of a, of a delay in, in Minneapolis, waiting to get the connecting flight mm-hmm. from Minneapolis to, to Philadelphia. Nothing too bad. But, uh, yeah, been in town for about two and a half hours. Got everything set up at the hotel here. And uh, at the game last night in San Francisco, and, and here we are, what, uh, not, not even 12 hours later uh, from when we wrapped – the post-game yeah. show, back at it and, and talking about uh, the Golden State Warriors and, and getting set up for, for the big game tomorrow as well. Yeah, so I know somebody in Philly desecrated, depending on which view you have it, in the minds of Philly fans, somebody desecrated the Rocky statue and bedecked it in gold and <laughs> scarlet. But it sounds like you you were on a flight or you weren't there yet, so you're you can't be a suspect, huh? No, I, I w- originally would have been thought to have been a suspect, sure. I think, just based on the fact that, yeah, I did have a flight that was supposed to go to the Bay, from the Bay to Philly 
early Friday morning, uh, before 6 a.m. Friday morning, but uh, there there is an airline that's been a little maligned over the last uh, month or so that had other plans. Eh. So sure, you know it it happens. It it allowed for me to be at Chase last night, which which was great. Uh, and and do Warriors live and Warriors wrap up uh, after the ball game and, and the Warriors got a, a nice win with a with a big second half and it's starting to feel whitey as we switch gears and get into the Warriors and and the phone lines are open at eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero Xfinity Mobile text line as well uh, I don't want to get too carried away because every time it seems as if the Warriors are about to go on a run about to really establish some momentum they either have some kind of an injury or a bad loss or they lose three out of four and and it you know they just can't separate not having been any greater than two games over 500 at any point they sit now at 25 and 24 but but watching the second half last night against Toronto and really watching more how Steve Kerr handled his rotation and his closing lineup and and relating that back to how he finished the game Wednesday against the Grizzlies as well. I I had the thought and I threw it out in the post game. So I guess it's a good way to start the show this morning. Are are the Warriors starting to find their playoff rotation a little bit as far as what it would look like with this team as it's currently constituted? I know Wiggins didn't play with the illness, but, but Jonathan Kaminga, Hitting the three-pointers last night, the energy that he's brought since his return from the injury, he's become more of a factor, I, I feel, on a, on a night-in, night-out basis. Dante DiVincenzo with the 11 assists and the the ball-hounding defense. And, and I just it kind of hit me that we've talked about the Warriors have their six, they have their seven. I think you could make a case they have their eight. And dare I say, even Jermichael Green, if he plays the way he has the last three games, might be the ninth. And does that change maybe the way the Warriors end up looking at the trade deadline or whether they view their roster as maybe having enough compared to what we've thought so many different times this season? As we said last week, last week we were we were doing the show right after the win, the surprising win at Cleveland. I remember we were saying, hey, if Jermichael Green can play like that, maybe they are going to be okay with this roster. And I think that's pretty much where we still are today. It's a great point you raise about DiVincenzo, who played really well. And he played 33 minutes last night to uh, only uh, 24 for Jordan Poole. But speaking of the sense of urgency in Steve Kerr here, something really stood out to me last night, which I think speaks to where the team is and where specifically Coach Kerr is. There was a moment last night, third quarter, I'm sure you'll remember it, uh, Precious Achua was setting a screen, and Jamichael Green switched on. I think it was Gary Trent Jr. He switched, and Steph Curry, rather than switch, he stayed with the guy coming off the screen. So you had two guys guarding uh, the guy coming off the screen, no one guarding yeah. Achua, and he went right to the basket, and he slammed it down to tie the game. And Steve Kerr called a timeout, and he got right up in Steph's grill because apparently they were supposed to switch there, and he demanded an explanation um, you don't see that a lot. I think it speaks to the fact that no matter who you are right now, Steve Kerr is holding you accountable at the defensive end because he realizes what's at stake here. The team, to your point, they're starting to play better. They've won three or four, but they're going to have to get some defensive traction to keep this going. And I think that's uh, you know probably something that he learned from playing with Pop and Tim Duncan if you can't hold everybody accountable, you can't hold anybody accountable. And sometimes when your best player makes that mistake, he's going to have to hear it from the coach. And he did last night to his credit, to Steve Kerr's credit, to the Warriors credit. They responded with a big win last night. 
Yeah, they win over the Raptors 129 to 117. Curry 35, 11, and 7. Clay Thompson goes for 29. And I thought even Clay Thompson, in kind of looking through the, the different lines, you know, so many times we've seen Clay get off to a bad start in games, and that's just the end of the line for him. You know, early on in the season, he would be chasing that game and trying to make it a good game throughout and, and playing worse and taking worse shots and making more mistakes in an attempt to make up for a slow start. But you look at the slow start uh, last night, 0-4 from 3 in the first quarter. Now, he was 3-4 of 4, uh, from 2 in that quarter, but he's 5-13 of 13 at the half, 2-8 of 8 from 3, but he ends up 11-24 of 24 and 6-14 of 14 from 3. So Clay stuck with it. Yeah, he took a lot of shots, but, but you know, I, I've sensed a different step from Clay even that it, it doesn't seem like a bad start is meaning – it's going to be a bad game, even shooting-wise, for, for Clay. And, and, and while he did take a lot of shots, more than anybody else last night at 14, and at times it looked like he was really hunting them and, and, and kind of a chucker, he, he stuck with it to the point where by the end of the night you looked up and you, you said, you know what, Clay Thompson had a really good game, which I think is something else that we hadn't been able to say, Whitey, uh, really this season. A, a bad early start for Clay typically meant, well, he just had a bad game, chalk it up. And, and was going to be fighting himself for the rest of the night. And I thought he found a little bit of of a second wind, let's say, off of that bad start to be able to come back and really help the team win, win the game. J.D., to me, you just touched on one of the most encouraging aspects of the win last night from the Warriors' standpoint. Offensively this year, they've been okay, and they've certainly had their moments, and there have been standout performances. But if you look at their offensive ranking overall, even last year, they weren't great. You know, we think of the Warriors as being this great offensive juggernaut so far this year the offense has been under performing a little bit and you know the way the offense is supposed to work player movement ball movement you're supposed to find the player who poses the greatest threat to the defense at any moment you're going to find the best shots and that's how the offense functions and we know this year you know clay has four shots we've seen steph four shots at the end of games pool four shots but last night the warriors responded to what Steve Kerr laid out for them, and that was that, look, Toronto is going to overplay the perimeter, so we got to attack the paint, and they had 62 points in the paint. Steph Curry getting to the basket again and again and again, and then Toronto had to adjust to that, and the Warriors still ended up making 18 out of 43 threes. So the offense really functioned at a high level last night. The shooting numbers were very good, but it's great to see the Warriors recognize what was going on and make adjustments to that and not force shots, and as a result, force that uh, Toronto defense, which is a pretty formidable defense, eventually to just collapse under the weight of the Warrior onslaught. Yeah, the season-high 40 assists. They, they beat the Raptors routinely on, on cuts and, and with the pass, and they weren't making shots. Six of 22 in the first half from three, but it didn't really matter because they had all the paint points and, mm-hmm. and all the easy ones, and that allowed them to, to hang in and, and have the lead even at halftime, Whitey, and then in the second half, as they did make threes, 12 of 19 in the second half, that allowed the Warriors to to pull away as, as the game went on and, and win somewhat comfortably with the 31-24 to 24 fourth quarter. He's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson, 888-957-9570. That is the phone number, as always, to participate in the program. You can give us a call. You can shoot us a text. Xfinity Mobile text line is open as we're with you here 
until 1 o'clock for the next three hours uh, on 95-7. The game is uh, the Warriors getting the win, and you said it. It's two out of three on the homestand after the tough loss and blowing the lead with the final five minutes to go against Brooklyn to now winning three of four and back over the 500 mark at 25 and and 24, and, and, and you start looking around as we so often do, and just how jumbled up it's, it, it is stunning to look at the Western Conference and what the one win will do. And I know Steve Kerr joked in his pregame press conference, I think he joked when he was on with Damon and Ratto, the fact that there have been times, and we've illustrated this, where the Warriors just haven't played for a couple of days, and they'll move up two or three spots in, in the conference. Well, they're not going to play today or tomorrow, but you look at where they sit now, moved from 10th to 7th just by winning last night to move to 25 and 24. They're a game out of fourth, as is the Pelicans are fourth, and the Pelicans are 26 and 23. They've dropped six in a row. Uh, The difference between fourth and 13th is three games. So the flip side to that is if you lose a couple of games in a row, and, and the Warriors were a little bit vulnerable again going into the Memphis game, but if you drop a couple, you might be 13th and on the outside looking in. But at this point, the Warriors... More than fair for them to have their sights set on four. And and I know we talked about this last week. I think even three. I I think because Sacramento is the team and they're having a really good year, but because they are an inexperienced team that's still trying to learn how to go from bad to good, I I think there is some kind of a a little bit of a natural fall-off coming there to where not only the Warriors, but if you're Phoenix or the Clippers or even Dallas, we'll have to see what, what the latest is on Luka Doncic and, and his ankle uh, from the Phoenix game a couple of nights ago. But I think all four of those teams specifically feel like if Sacramento's the team that's a couple of games ahead as the three, that the three is attainable. And if you somehow could get to three if you're the Warriors, I mean, you had the three last year. You, you might be able to get the three with mm-hmm. – Six, seven, eight fewer wins than, than you had a year ago. Yeah, because of the way you, the situation you described, uh, it really brings into focus how crucial this week is for the Warriors because you got Monday at OKC, uh, and they're also in the picture. You got Wednesday at Minnesota, and right now Minnesota 26 and 25. Thursday at Denver, of course, number one in the conference right now, and then Saturday back home against the Mavericks. You could take, and we've made this point, I think, a number of ways, you could take just about any team in that jumble and pull them out and look at them in a vacuum and say, I don't know if that's a championship team. I know Denver's having a fine year, so maybe they're an exception, but the rest of them, you know, we have in our minds ideas of what it takes to be a championship team. You could take just about any team in there and find flaws and say, that's, that team's not good enough to win the conference. Well, somebody has to. So, uh, you know, it speaks to where the Warriors are. It's like, why not us? Yeah, it hasn't been great for us to this point, but it's so wide open that that actually this year is so crazy. Nobody can guard anybody. Everybody is struggling defensively that you've got again, once again, a golden opportunity to make some real noise. And as you say, a couple wins and all of a sudden you're in great shape heading into the postseason. And the Warriors now head on the road, and that's where things have been more problematic, although 3-2 and two after having just the three road wins overall before that, that last trip, uh, the, the Eastern trip, and, and they go to Oklahoma City, they go to Minnesota, they go to Denver. I, I, I did caution last night on the postgame show that as you look at this trip, and it is 3-4, and four, 
once it gets rolling on Monday. I, I think that Denver game, to me, the, the first two games of the trip, if you start looking at the Warriors trying to build some forward momentum, the first two games of the trip are the ones that, that are really the most important because I could see that third game in four nights, and we've seen the Warriors do this before in Denver. That could be one of those games that they turn into a developmental game. You'd feel much better about it if you can get a couple of wins in front of that Denver game to where you know maybe that doesn't put you back under 500 if you split or at 500 if you split. So I think these next two specifically, and, and we'll see what the Warriors do in Denver, although we've seen in the past, again, that they've, they've uh, you know, rested players and, and prevented the back-to-back at altitude from, from taking a toll. But I think these next two, Oklahoma City and Minnesota, two of the teams that are right there in that glut with them between 4 and, and 13 – you know, let, let's see how the Warriors fare and what their compete level is in, in those kinds of games. Yeah, Minnesota, to your point, a win last night, as I said, 26-25, and 25, but they beat the Grizzlies. It's funny right now because at the top of the West, Denver lost their last game. The Grizzlies have lost five in a row. The Kings lost their last game to the Raptors. The Pelicans have lost six in a row. Then the Clippers have won four. You got some winning streaks there. So it's uh, the teams at the top are starting to wobble a little bit, but Memphis losing that game – uh, to the Timberwolves last night, you know, the Grizzlies aren't having a great road trip. They went on that streak where they went 11 in a row, and, you know, that, that was they didn't play well here. They were without. Um, didn't didn't they, end well. They, no. they blew the lead to the Lakers. They got blown out in Sacramento. Yeah. The, the Warriors beat them on, on the on the great out-of-bounds play uh, yeah. at, at the end of the game, and, and a great cut and a great, pa- great cut for Poole and a great pass by DiVincenzo. Yeah, that team, you get them in the half court, and they're not very good. You know, they're not a great shooting team, and when they're getting out in transition, forcing turnovers, boy, they're tough to stop. But at the end of a game, as we saw, you know, it comes to winning time, they struggle in uh, in the half court. So I think there are more questions about that team now than maybe there were uh, a while ago. And, of course, a big win for the Warriors in that game, and it avoided that the embarrassment uh, had they lost that game, I think the whole step with the mouthpiece situation would have been a much, much bigger story than it was. Well, and, and I think – you mentioned Steve Kerr's ability to get on Steph a little bit last night for a defensive miscue, and I think when you when you look at at the fact that there has been a little bit more intensity, I think, and accountability across the board, I, I think that that shows that there is a, a level of. It, it's go time beneath beneath the surface. I think that that may be starting to to manifest itself, and so for for Coach Kerr to do that, and I think we're also seeing a a little bit of a honing in of of the rotation a, again for the Warriors, and and I think you know you look at 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 DiVincenzo's play, you look at at Kaminga's play, and and the ability to to defend down the stretch. There were a couple of key decisions. You know, Dante DiVincenzo finished the game last night over Jordan Poole. And it gets back to what we've discussed a ton in the playoffs, and it's the fact that when the Warriors are whole, they have four guys that you know are going to be out there if they're healthy in Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Wiggins. But who's that fifth? And I think what we're also starting to see now is, is among the other players that are in the rotation, whether it's Looney one night or it's Poole one night or even Kaminga, I think you could make a case for DiVincenzo. That that fifth closer, Steve Kerr's 
got to feel better about the options that he has. Last night it was DiVincenzo. Obviously, Kaminga ended up in when Looney fouled out. Uh, but it was – and Wiggins wasn't playing, so that opened the door for for another slot there. But I think there's a little bit of versatility, and Steve Kerr showing he's unafraid to go with the best matchup for that particular night or maybe the player that's playing the best. You've Over the course of two games, you've had Jordan Poole game-winning layup, and you've had Dante DiVincenzo finishing games with Jonathan Kaminga playing a big role down the stretch uh, You know, with Jordan Poole on the bench. I think that shows – that it's it's a little bit more of a I think a playoff feel here even with a couple of weeks to go before the All Star break. I think Divincenzo has a better understanding of the way the Warriors want to play than Poole does. I'm not saying he's better. I don't know that he's he was very good last night. Obviously, to this point, overall you you can't say he's been anywhere near as effective overall as Poole. But I think when he's playing well, I think there's more of a comfort level with him. Because you get defensive effort, you get you tend to get smarter plays, and when he's making shots, it's tough to keep him off the floor. So that's something to keep an eye on going forward. Uh, it's not a knock on Jordan Poole, but DiVincenzo, I just get the sense Steve Kerr has a little more faith in him when he's playing well in certain situations uh, because Poole is so mercurial. He'll give, he'll give you this in this instant offense, but then we know about the, the, there's other areas in which he sometimes is deficient. But, J.D., I just want to say this. It's interesting to me. To hear the national media talking about the Warriors, and you know this year's been so unusual for the Warriors, and there's been so much change and transition, the national media isn't catching on to that. Last night, and this isn't the first guy I've heard talk about this, um, halftime of the game on uh, NBA TV, Isaiah Thomas was asked about, what do you expect in the second half? And he goes with that, well, you know the Warriors, that third quarter, boy, look out for them. It's like, well, they don't really do that this year, right? I mean, they, yeah, they, they're capable of it, but that's not so much a thing this year. And, then, you know, national media people are still talking about Wiseman. And, you know, I think we Wiseman is not playing right now. That's not even a – Steve Kerr was asked about it last night. I understand why people ask the question, but Wiseman's not playing right now. I think we know that. So it's just interesting to see – uh, the national media is still trying to catch up exactly to what's going on with the Warriors this year. Well, and it's pretty telling in, in that Wiseman now has been back and had a couple of DNP coaches' decisions in these last couple of games. And the fact that, I mean, last night, Kevon Looney had four fouls in the first half, and James Wiseman ended up not playing at all in the game. And so I think that, you know, it, it's. I, I said it a week ago, I, and I've said it a couple of times. Like I, I just don't think James Wiseman's going to be a factor on this year's Warriors team in any really meaningful way on a regular basis. It's not to say that Steve Kerr won't throw him in, you know, here and there, and give him opportunities. It's not even to say in the playoffs if it was almost a hey, you're down eighteen to twenty in a in a third quarter of a game three, things aren't clicking. Go go get him. And and you know let get him you know get his feet wet. Let's see what he's got. But but I think you're starting to see what the plan looks like. And I think that was the big takeaway from last night for me, is the 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 guys who are trusted if they're playing well. You know yep. Moses Moody got sent to the G League yeah. for crying out loud. And, and so you know and and look, it's not all casting the young players aside because Jonathan Kaminga in the same vein that James Wiseman is not a factor and Moses Moody is not a factor Jonathan Kaminga looks like he's more of a factor potentially for this team than he's ever been in a more legitimate way than he's ever been because of the defense and the ability to put pressure on the rim and hell last night he you know 
big moment in the game was Jonathan Kaminga in the third quarter knocking down four consecutive yes. three-pointers. The Raptors just completely disrespecting his ability to knock down even a corner three, helping off him just, I mean, just egregiously helping off of him. Yeah. He knocks down the three threes, then takes a heat check three <laughs> from the top of the key, a 25-footer, and, and, and with the confidence for making the other three, he makes the fourth one. That that really helped flip the game. We talked about the Warriors shooting in the second half and three-point shooting, knocking down 12 threes after they only hit six in the first half, but Kaminga scoring, and Kaminga, when he when he does well on offense, it does energize, especially at home, the crowd and I think the other Warriors players. I mean, Steph going crazy on the bench with, with Kaminga making shots. It does seem to bring a, an added positive vibe to see one of the young players actually being able to contribute with the veteran players because even Kaminga has been unable until about a month, month and a half ago to do that as consistently as we've seen him do it. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how repeatable any of that is. I know I've said to you, and you you don't need me to tell you, if Kaminga, if he can make three-point shots, I don't know how you guard the guy because it's tough to keep him from getting to the basket. Then if he's going to start making those as well, look out. I think you're right. I think he represents you know, the brightest warrior future. Um, and I think if the way he's playing, there's there are indications now that that future you start getting something out of him the rest of the way. I mean, something significant. We've seen that. You know, they missed him when he was out. That's a real encouraging sign. As far as Wiseman goes, I think going forward the rest of this year, it looks to me like right now, you know, things can always change. I think Wiseman is that guy who maybe is just kind of insurance at the end of the bench. They're not going to play him a lot, but if you're ever really up against it, you're right. Last night looked like maybe he'd play with with. Uh, uh, Looney and foul trouble, but it's nice to have a guy who's big at the end of the bench in the postseason. He's not going to play much, but I think it's better to have a seven footer down there than it is to have somebody who's a two way player that you you know that's you really have too many guys ahead of anyway. So I think that's where Wiseman is right now. I don't think he he's a big factor this year, but it's nice to have him available going forward if if that's what it comes to. Well, we'll see if if him being available now means that if, if him being unavailable available to play now, but not playing now, means that maybe he's available in the next couple of weeks in, in a trade. I do yeah. think that's going to be one of the big storylines moving forward here over the next couple of weeks. And I know Damon and Ratto asked Steve Kerr about it. Uh, you know, point blank, it was a you know. We'll get into that. We'll hear some of the the sound from it. Uh, because I, I think it was a, a, a very straightforward question by Damon on, on, on the issue of, you know, do the Warriors owe it to Wiseman to play him or move him, basically? And and Steve Kerr had an answer uh, on that. 888-957-9570. EJ in Oakland, we'll get to you coming up first, but the phone lines are open. Uh, we'll get into uh, just where the Warriors are right now in the West and uh, just what the ceiling could be now for Jonathan Kaminga for this season Uh, as Warriors this week tips off and rolls on here on 95.7 The Game. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Three guys on one side. Lamb now comes to the right corner. Ball goes to Kaminga left side. Nobody guarding him. Pulls up at the foul line. Now out to Lamb with five to shoot with four. Back to Kaminga. Takes a three straight on this time and hits another one. His fourth of the quarter. Now back to Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. A game-changing performance from Jonathan Kaminga last night in the Warriors' 129-117 win over the Raptors. Dubs with the 2-1 and homestand. Next three on the road at Oklahoma City on Monday. Minnesota Wednesday. Denver on Thursday. We welcome you back to Warriors this week here on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason with you until 1 o'clock. Off and running. Uh, what do you say we get to some phone calls, Whitey? Yes, let's do it. Looking forward to it. Let's get to uh, EJ in Oakland. What's going on, EJ? Hey, guys. Uh, good morning. Uh, love listening to you every, every Saturday. Uh, you guys really know ball. Uh, I don't specifically want to talk about the Warriors right now. I think you do a great job covering them. We're, we're, we're 25 and 24. I think we need Wiggins back, um, kind of the, the missing piece that we haven't had this year. Uh I specifically want to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies, and I want to say that they are the most unlikable team I've seen in a long time. Uh, I'm a longtime Oakland fan. Uh, this team, the, the, the Grizzlies, remind me of Lob City, Chris Paul. Uh, we've got Jaw. We've got Jaw's dad. We've got Dylan Brooks. We've got them throwing Shane Sharp out of the arena. These guys haven't done anything. Uh, they're a bunch of poser millennials. Uh, and, you know, aside from the Warriors, I just, uh, I really, really dislike this team and um, just had to vent to somebody. So, so thanks for taking my call. 
Well, I, I think a lot of Warrior fans feel the same way, Whitey, about the Grizzlies, and, and they've been struggling. The, the, that loss to the Lakers a week ago where they blew the lead late and the Lakers ended up winning that game, that, that has sent the Grizzlies into a little bit of a tailspin. They gave John Morant the night off. Steven Adams got hurt. They also lost in Phoenix and Sacramento uh, at, before dropping the game to the to the Warriors and then lost in Minnesota last night. But I, I think, you know, what did you make of the game for the it, – it felt like another message sent for the Warriors to the Grizzlies that, that they are able to be defended and that the Warriors can win an ugly game. Mm-hmm. I know it ended up 122-120 to 120, uh, with Jordan Poole hitting the, the, the game-winning layup in the closing seconds, but it, it to me – the statement the Warriors made to the Grizzlies was, we don't have to have everybody. We can grit and grind with you and down the stretch beat you because we are the more skilled team that has more different ways that that we can score in those moments. And we've got a little something on you. This is me speaking for the Warriors defensively to where we can bog you down. Yeah, you go back to the Christmas game and things basically went the Warriors way and they, they, in some ways, they boat raced the Grizzlies. But in this game, to your point, Memphis in the fourth quarter is like they had the game right there on their hips. Like, okay, they were in control. And the Warriors still came back and beat them. So I agree with you. In a way, it's the Warriors saying there are a number of ways we can beat you because we're just better than you. I liked Eli's comparison, um, his comp there, comparing the Grizzlies to the Clippers. Because, you know, the Clippers, they did beat the Warriors before, right before Steve Kerr took over. But they never really won anything. They never really... Uh, other than that series, once Steve Kerr got here, they weren't able to beat the Warriors. And I think the Grizzlies, they were a lot more fun a couple of years ago when they were this up-and-coming team, and they're really talented. But, you know, uh, they've got Jaron Jackson. He can't stay on the floor. If he's healthy, he's in foul trouble. They're not a very good shooting team when you get him in the half court. Desmond Bain is a fine player, but, you know, he's had some back problems. So I think the Grizzlies are at a crossroads for all they – literally in the past have talked about their dynasty. It's true. They haven't done anything yet. And I think they may be kind of bumping up against their ceiling right now. And they're going to have to make some tough decisions to figure out how to get better. Well, you you see this all the time with with teams that are initially the fun, young, up-and-coming team. And that's great for a year, maybe two. And and I think even last season, they could make the case, you know, that was really the first time that they had a, a great regular season with that group. But you go into the playoffs as the two seed, and I, I think you can make the case for last year, okay, great regular season, extension of the prior couple of years, whether it was in the bubble or knocking the Warriors out in the play-in tournament in 2021. Then you back that up with a, a – a season north of 50 wins, you get the two seed, but you go out in the second round to you know the OG champs that, that were making their run, and you could make a case that, all right, the, the youngsters weren't ready for that next level yet. Yes, John Morant got hurt, and again, I'm playing devil's advocate for them. You could make that case last season, but this season is the first season where all of the cute stuff for the Grizzlies is gone. Like all of the all of the you know up and coming fun like this is the first year where they have legitimate expectations to be good and you know to be a fifty win team in a regular season and get beyond the second round of the playoffs where they got upset. I mean they were the high they were the higher seed in in that series, uh, which you know gave them home court advantage and I think in, in many people's eyes made them the favorite. You get one mulligan on that. 
if you don't win, though, and you come back the next year, you get beat again in the second round, uh, or you know, th- then then all of a sudden you start to get viewed as a team that can't do it. And I think that's where yep, you know, got guys start looking at each other a little bit differently. I think we've seen that with Phoenix. Now Phoenix is more a little bit more of a veteran team, but Phoenix had the great year they went to the finals they came back the next year this is the year that it's got to happen they go out to Dallas and now this year they have injuries they're pointing fingers at each other some of those guys don't want to be there the harmony is gone I think Memphis could be heading down that that similar path and, and you're right the Clippers and the callers right the Clippers of, of years past I think followed that the Rockets mm-hmm. followed that path never could got quite get over the hump and then the infighting started and the whole thing just exploded on them with the Warriors being the team that that took the bulk of the advantage yeah real quick because i know we have a number of callers here we appreciate your calling here on the xfinity mobile text line 888-957-9570 if i'm a if i'm a grizzlies apologist like your good friend eric hasseltine i'd probably point out you know they didn't have steven adams and he's having a pretty good year i get that but i think the real first sign we saw that there might be some cracks and the foundation of what they're building in memphis was the round before they played the warriors last year remember how much they struggled to beat minnesota and they did win the series, but I remember looking at that going, huh, they should have won that series a lot easier. So they've got some things they have to figure out. Still number two in the West, and they do have the big winning streak that they've had this year, but uh, they're, they're struggling right now with five straight losses. Well, that was a six-game series that Minnesota won. Or, I'm sorry, that Memphis won, but Minnesota blew two leads, two massive leads in, in that series in, in separate games. And and one in the same game uh, as well. Yeah, that ended up send send them home. But but yeah, you're right. Memphis did struggle. Let, let's go to KC and Marin next at eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. KC, you're on with gentlemen. JD good morning. Uh, hello. Yeah, what's up, How man? great is it that we're talking about this? Hello, you there? Yeah. Yeah. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, I'm just calling to talk. How great it is that we're talking about the Warriors first of all. But I'm talking about. For me, I'm most excited about the future. They have so many trade assets at their disposal. I'm excited that the Warriors are going to be at at the front of every major trade discussion that's going to be happening for the next few years. I'm very happy where they're at right now, uh, heading into the postseason. Stay healthy. Go Dubs. Uh, Clay's a god. Bye-bye. All right. Appreciate the call. Uh, Clay Thompson coming around. What, what do you make of being at the forefront of, of trade discussion for, for years to come. I, I think it is a catch-22 in the sense where you look at, at the younger players, and, and right now I just don't think Wiseman has much value on the trade market. I don't think Moses Moody really does either. Kaminga, I think his his trade value would be growing, but if Kaminga's going to play the way that he has, you don't want to touch that. You, yeah. are, you are keeping Jonathan Kaminga because he looks like he could be developing you know, if Kaminga can can knock down the corner three whitey and work on his handle to a point where he can just get a little bit better he's a little loose with his handle if he gets a little bit better with his handle and can knock down that three with any kind of consistency to where teams have to come out and guard him it's easy for him to go around if the oh, defense yeah. is in a scramble and he can go around mm-hmm. him it's I mean at that point he could get a dunk or a layup or at least a foul really anytime he wants. So that that's the kind of player and when you look at Kaminga, you know, the the high end of Kaminga and what he could be and the style of player that he is is so wonderfully complementary to what the Warriors have with Steph and Clay 
and Draymond and Wiggins. So that that's a guy you'd want to keep around, I think, in a big-time way if he's playing the way that he has. So, so I guess what I'm saying is I'm not so sure that the Warriors are at the forefront of every major trade discussion over the next couple of years. Appreciate Casey's uh, enthusiasm and the kind words and appreciate him listening. Yeah, when you look at over the last three seasons, how often we – have talked about, you know, a young player underperforming, going back to Wiseman's rookie year. Um, and, and, you know, the Warriors have been looking at that. And we know that Bob Myers was on the station with um, with Steiny and, and Goo not too long ago talking about, you know, if we can get one and a half out of these three guys, we'll be happy. So they got to be thrilled with the way Kuminga's playing right now. You're right. He energizes everybody, the fan base, and you know that 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 energy also is uh, it's uh, resonating with the front office too. It's like, wow, this guy is really – he's helping us. He's helping us win. That's all you can ask for right now. As far as Wiseman, not get bogged down in that conversation again. I just don't know what his trade value is. Uh, we may know more here in the coming weeks, but I – you know, the reports out of San Antonio, again, that, that suggest that the Warriors were talking to the Spurs this year. I don't know how seriously, but talking to the Spurs about some kind of deal, and the Spurs just weren't that excited about Wiseman. So if that's the case, and if that reflects how other teams are seeing him right now, yeah, I, I just don't know how much uh, how much the Warriors have in terms of assets that other teams are really interested in. The, the other part to it, before we get back to the phones, is if the Warriors are, in fact, finding their playoff rotation right now and it is eight or potentially nine deep it also raises the question and and this is one that's fluctuated I think a couple of different times this year what what specifically do the Warriors need if they're going to you know if if they view Poole and DiVincenzo and and Kaminga now as as six seven eight when they're when they're fully healthy I still maintain it's a it's a wing player that that can you know, knock down some threes, maybe be a little bit of a of a stretch for somebody that could be a compliment to Kaminga in a in a more meaningful way than Anthony Lamb has has been to this point. I know Anthony Lamb's kinda on the fringe. Is he the next guy? Is he fully trustworthy? It seems like he's playing less and less as as they're getting healthier and Kaminga's maybe playing a little bit more because Kaminga brings you know a little bit more to the table as far as just being dynamic and, and the athleticism, but Lamb brings the shooting. So, I mean, could you see a scenario where the Warriors maybe don't look to trade Wiseman because, similar to last year, they feel like they do have enough on the roster, but if you don't trade him, then you're putting yourself in a position where he's on the books for next season at least projected to be, I guess you could move him in the off season, but, but he'd be you know on the books and then you'd have to make some kind of a decision as to what you wanted to do then. The way the team is playing, I would guess there's less urgency than there was. You know, we're guessing how they felt about it, but we've, we've made this point. You look at the roster right now, Jamichael Green is so huge. If he's actually playing well, and I know he was on with Kareth last night and said that his wrist had actually been affecting his shooting at a bad wrist. So if he's close to the player the Warriors hoped he would be, then all of a sudden there is perhaps, I think, well, I think there is, no, perhaps, I think there's definitely less urgency to look and uh, to make a trade uh, going forward here. So I think that's where they are. And I, one of the things they need is what they got from Wiggins last year, especially defensively. Now, hopefully they can get that from him but they really have missed to this point what they got from him, especially defensively last year in the postseason. 
888-957-9570. Let's go to sophomore in Pacifica next year on Warriors this week. Hey, gentlemen, sophomore. Gentlemen, good to, good to talk to you. Uh, first, a quick comment about uh, Kaminga and then the Bob Myers situation. On Kaminga, in addition to everything you guys said, which is right on, imagine the gravity that he'll have if he can knock down threes, you know, on a mm. decent basis. He doesn't have to shoot four in a row, but, you know, if he's a threat from three and a threat to penetrate and dunk, he'll also have gravity along with a couple other guys on the team, I think, have a little gravity too. be pretty awesome. But on Bob Myers, I, I thought of an old saying in regard to his situation, which is lead, follow, or get out of the way. He had an ideal situation for a while. He, he had Joe Lacob's, he, Steve Kerr, the staff, had Joe Lacob's checkbook and not Joe Lacob's active involvement. Now that Joe Lacob is stepping up, right or wrong, he may be a basketball brain of the first order, uh, but it, it shrinks Bob Myers' role somewhat as Joe Lacob gets more into it. And I think he's saying, okay, I at least would have to share leadership on player personnel, which has been almost all my cooperative job. Um, so I can't lead alone or be the, be the main leader anymore. I don't want to follow at this stage of my career. Let me get out of the way. And then just my guess is that he might get out of basketball. Very talented guy, or at least get out of basketball administration for teams. A uh, very talented guy. He might want to do something else. This has been a grind. Thanks. Yeah, th- thanks, thanks for the call. I, I, I know I had maintained that it was a possibility that maybe Bob Myers would just leave and and go and, and just step away for a, a time, uh, a period of time, and and not you know work run a team, basically take a little bit of a break. Although some of the reporting from Anthony Slater and and Sam Amick and you know during the week. Uh, maybe that's not the case. Maybe he is going to be looking at other options that are more readily available to him as soon as this offseason if he becomes potentially the Warriors' most important free agent. What uh, And this was something we are going to get into for sure on the show today. What, what did you make of the intel on... Bob Myers and and just why things are where they are from from the athletic this week. First of all, I think sophomore once again uh, brought up one of the key points. No such thing as a sophomore slump when you talk about his calls out of Pacifica. They're all excellent calls, but a key That's a four. This, yeah, thank you. We don't we don't know exactly what's going on here, but I think the extent to which Joe Lacob is getting more involved is one of the keys to this. We just have to guess. Um, I, I'm sure if you're Bob Myers, you, you know, it makes your job more difficult. Based on what Joe Lacob had said in the interview with Tim Kawakami, this is a matter of negotiations. And obviously, Bob Myers is an excellent negotiator. And that's part of what we see now. He's making it evident that I can do other things. And if it's really just a matter of him asking for more than the Warriors want to pay him, they have, they, maybe they will, they, they will settle this. T- to answer your question, I'm buying that wholeheartedly. I think Bob Myers. Maybe he would enjoy taking a step back for in the short term that would allow him to get out of the, the meat grinder that he's in now as a GM, but he loves basketball, and I think he loves what he does, and I think if the Warriors were to decide we can accomplish what we accomplished without you, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him you know, give Jerry West a call, and then next thing you know, he's a part of the, the, the Clipper organization before you know it. Uh, among the reporting uh, in – 
the the piece that dropped from Anthony Slater and Sam Amick, and I, I believe it was Shams as as well, uh, all contributing to it. Uh, and and I quote from the story: According to sources close to the situation, Washington, Phoenix, and New York are all worth monitoring as possibilities. Uh, the Clippers also yeah. mentioned. Uh, in that vein as well with uh, Steve Ballmer willing to to spend and and want to get the Clippers over a hump that they have not been able to get over here during the last couple of years. So uh, what what did you, what did you think of what did you think of that? Yeah, I, I'm telling you that's what I said. Clips. I you know, he's an LA he went to UCLA, California guy. The Clippers are pretty good. You know, that's tough to go take over a team um, that is, uh, you know, trying to like Washington that's trying to get on the right track. Maybe he would appreciate the challenge. I don't know, but you look at the Clippers, they're so well financed and they've got ability and you can stay in state. If I'm Bob Myers, that's the one, uh, I would be looking at the Suns. Also, the Suns got a, there's a lot of moving parts there with new ownership. And there's a story that came out this week from Mark Stein that they're trying to figure out Chris Paul's future and how it relates to, you know, their future. So if I'm Bob Myers, and I'm not, okay, let's be honest, I'm not. But uh, the Clipper situation, if I had to leave here, that would be really attractive to me. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason here on 95.7 The Game as I'm coming to you from Philadelphia, uh, site of the 49ers and the Eagles tomorrow. Be covering that uh, here for 95.7 The Game. And Obante and Chasky are already out running around the town Uh <laughs> Shouting! Bonte should be the- sleep. He was uh, he was up late last night doing the Warriors post game. He's out running around already. Yeah, well, it, it, they yeah, I think they were gonna go to their hotel and and sleep, and then I, it, it looks like uh, from from the the looks of things that they they actually wow. made it. Uh, they, they're they're making it around town a little bit. Uh, so yeah, I mean more more power to him at this point. But uh, yeah, it should be a, a good one tomorrow. And and of course, as we talk Warriors today, definitely want to let everybody know that, that that we've got everything covered tomorrow for the 49ers and the Eagles. As uh, they'll they'll be on hand in the stands. I'm going to be there in the press box. I'll be on with Larry and Lowe, uh tomorrow as well for the kickoff show and on with the guys after the game from Philadelphia. Could be a special special afternoon uh, in Philadelphia and in the Bay Area for the 49ers as they try and get back to the Super Bowl. And it's so funny how things work uh, with you know, the Warriors had their little you know COVID pandemic break. The, the COVID pandemic year kind of wrecked the Niners season back in 2020 after getting to the Super Bowl. And then they get to the NFC Championship game a year ago. And it, it looks like win or lose tomorrow uh, for the 49ers, Whitey. Uh, it, it. I mean, this is a this is a much better team that that they not only have but are are maybe going to be facing tomorrow as well. Yeah, I, I saw an interesting comment. I think it was Pro Football Talk. There's been a lot of talk, and I understand it. I know there's a lot to it that when the Warriors go back there into Philly, you know, oh, it's a really tough environment, and that's true. I know all that. But someone pointed out that, hey, look, when the Astros went to Philadelphia, people said the same thing. The Astros won the World Series. When the Warriors had to go to Boston, and I know that crowd, you know, they got to dream on a little bit. But, oh, boy, you haven't seen anything like Boston fans. And the Warriors won. So I know that it's going to be a challenge for Brock Purdy. But I think the 49ers are going to be okay with, uh, you know, an angry crowd. I think they're capable uh, of dealing with that. I don't think that's going to be a major issue for him. J.D., I'm just hoping, speaking of Philly, that 
you will keep an eye on Bonte and Shasky. We know they can both get, you know, a little excitable, maybe a little mouthy. And, you know, there may be a situation where, J.D., J.D., we need your help. We, 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 we want to borrow. We, we've said some things we shouldn't. So I hope you keep an eye on that in case you need to ride to their rescue here and bail them out for the benefit of all 95-7 The Game listeners. I've I've got my I'll have my binoculars. On okay, thank from, you. From feel the, better. Uh, I'll have my <laughs> I'll have my binoculars on them. But I, I I think I think I don't want to say all hat no cattle, but I I think I think they'll be on their I think they'll be on their p's and q's. Okay, all right, yeah, and they can take I, care of themselves I, I, I think, anyway. I just feel yeah, better if I know, knew that you were you know keeping an eye on them. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think they'll be all right. Okay. I-, I think that I think they can handle it. But uh, the people here are are excited. I had a, a wonderful Uber ride uh, with a gentleman that was just. I mean, he was. It, 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 he was. He sounded like he could have been a P one of our station only at the Philadelphia version. I mean, he knew everything about what was going on with the mm. with the Eagles and the Sixers and the Niners and and, and everything. So it was a great conversation. Uh, really uh, appreciate it. One hour in the books, Whitey. Man, we're flying along Fly. here on a Saturday morning. We'll get back into the Warriors conversation. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. As we roll on, hour number two is coming up next right here on ninety five seven. The game. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds dot com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.